0: Hey good people, this is your N.I. Down, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, my give a damn. Uh, That's my starting point, my give a damn. And it's fairly influenced by a song entitled, My Give a Damn's Busted. But it's... um. Also influenced by, um, um I think I listened to some YouTube content years ago, maybe five years ago, and it was, I think, entitled, I don't have any bucks to give, and bucks is a replacement word for another word that sounds like buck, but that begins with the letter F. <laughs> I don't have any more bucks to give. Or my buck account is pretty low. Um, and then it's influenced by... Some YouTube content. I don't know if it's a YouTube content. This might have been an article that I read at the end of last year. Right around when I was out of town talking to you all at the end of December... They really talked about discipline over passion. You know, those of us who are driven to be effective and impactful, it's not always about a feeling. You don't do things because you feel it. You do it because it has to get done. You, You have to be disciplined. And so I'm thinking about all of that. You know, looking for my give a damn, if you will. When it's busted, and I'll have a lot to offer, but i'm doing the I'm doing it anyway, so I don't want to call it I don't want to name this my give a damn is busted. I just want to say my give a damn <laughs> so hopefully, at this point, if you've had kids around you, you will have either stopped the recording or you told them to leave the room because it's going to be that kind of reflection <laughs> so um there's a lot that has happened this week i do have a list of things uh, a list of randomness um, to share with you i just wanted to tell you my starting point is about my give a damn doesn't mean that this is where i'm going to stay but it is definitely where i'm going to start okay all right if you're new to this project this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds, I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers Briggs and the Enneagram. So much, so much content intake this week about those two theories. Whew, I'm excited to see what comes out of my mouth. But pushing those two systems together, the Myers Briggs and the Enneagram, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African American woman. From a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma, I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Another thing that came up this week is that I should switch that around. I should stop saying education and social science first. There's a reason why I do it in that order. And I'm really thinking about flipping that social scientist educator. Let's see if that comes out of my mouth in the reflection um, but anyway, I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs of power, such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. Um, you guys, all of these disclaimers are really my way of saying I'm Interdisciplinary. I really could just say, hey, this is an interdisciplinary uh, reflection or project where I do an, inter- an interdisciplinary reflection. Like seriously, do I have to list them all out? <laughs> but anyway, this project is unedited and it's unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at com. So I spent a minute since I've um, ad-libbed or did commentary on those disclaimers Because when I first started doing this, when I first started introducing the disclaimers to the project, those disclaimers could last about 20 minutes because I was always commenting on them. I was forever doing commentary on my own disclaimers. (laughs) So I haven't done that in a while. Now I'm just like, let me just get this all done. I'm trying to honor my, I think he's an INTP listener who um, gave me some really meaningful advice about the timing of my Disclaimers—he was not telling me something I didn't know, but it was just really as an, as a TE user, it was just really helpful to have that external feedback. So, I've been trying to keep those disclaimers to about five minutes. I mean, get them to you within the first five minutes. I'm doing good. I'm got to every every once in a while I go over five minutes, but I'm telling you, if you go back to those first the first year, the first two years, oh my word. <laughs> So the fact that I can give them to you consistently in under 10 minutes is remarkable considering that's what um, I was not able to do that, to do that in the beginning. But anyway, y'all, Hey, I have been thinking about coming on and been trying to, I didn't, I was going to not come on and talk to you this week because I just have so much going on inside of me that I just feel like sitting with it. I don't, Really have a lot of clarity for outputting. Like I don't feel like there's anything new to share with you all. Same old reflections, and you guys have been so generous, so generous in terms of listening to my episodes, um, uh, which have just felt incredibly personal, um, just because of what I'm going through with 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 work and my family but my family this family journey um is just um i mean it's just a big big event i want to say a big cloud over my head so a lot of heaviness a lot of sadness and i mean i i'm pressing through but it's very difficult to come on this podcast and kind of be in the same energy. You know, like I want to be able to say, yep, check that off the list. Let's go on to something else. But I just, I'm really not able to do that. And so um I missed a weekend, two weekends ago. And I just really don't want to miss with you all. But this morning was hard. It was hard for me to get up and say, go hit the record button. Because I don't really, 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 in my opinion, have anything new to say. <laughs> so, And who says that? What? Content generator tells you I'm not even sure why you're listening to me <laughs> Right? The whole point is to get listeners Not to push you away But um you guys have been very generous listening um, I'm not sure if you're sharing But um you just have been generous Based on my my followership So I just wanted to say thank you for that So without really having anything new to say um, There have been things that happened this week I went to a uh, Went to a bookstore this week, and I, I replaced that from my, I've been going down to the lake and taking a walk, and, uh, and this week, when I was on my way to the lake, something said, go to the bookstore, and um, the bookstore is a happy place for me, and I did, and um, it was like, I don't have a desire to buy a book, there's no book on my brain. And then when I got there, within five minutes, a, a book popped up. And I was like, well, this is interesting. And I was like, you don't need this book. Well, just have, just keep the book in your hand. Just walk around with this book in your hand. I walked out of that book with three books. I mean, I walked out of the bookstore purchasing three books. And then I went and went to a coffee shop. Like, I go home, spend some time with my new friends. Oh, I, told you, I told you guys, there's this lady I met. And in social media world and she talks about her books being her friend and that is so perfect. So I like to steal that. But I always every time I say my books are my friends, I think about her. And so um So yeah, I went to the coffee shop and with my three books and got some I didn't get coffee. I think I got a milk steamer. And then this random man walks up to me. And that was an interesting, and uh, he wanted to debate, dominate. Um, and oftentimes when that happens, I'll play like, Oh, you wanna, oh, you wanna assert your political views? Like, you just wanna, and then you wanna target me, really, cause I was in an establishment. I'm the only black person there. He's a white man, and, and everybody else was white. He just walks right up to me and starts t- talking politics. And honestly, a lot of times I'm here for it. It's just a good, it's just good for me to be able to flex those um muscles that oftentimes I can't do in my occupation because my occupation requires me to be a little more sensitive to people's feelings, <laughs> you know, and I have to keep those, my thinking and my energy at bay. So when random white dude walks up to me and starts thinking he's going to um give me a set of politics like seriously, I'm sitting at a coffee shop with my new books, my new friends, with my milk steamer, and dude just walks up to me, and not only does he not just not only walk up to me and starts talking to me, he literally takes pulls out the chair um, at my table and sits down, <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell me that white privilege, white male privilege, is not a thing. Oh, it's not. You mean to tell me privilege is not a thing the way you just uh, walked up to me and started a conversation and just decided that you could have a seat at my table? Okay, let's play. So oftentimes I'll I'll entertain that. And I did. I played with it a little bit. But it got to a place where it wasn't even fun anymore. He was like intellectually unsound. He wasn't even making any sense. And that part was like, oh man, at least... If you're going to debate with me, give me something. Like, stimulate me. But what you sound like is a plum fool. This is not worth my time. Like, I'm not developing any new muscle. I don't know about other INTJs, but if I'm going to debate with you, like, dude, I need to be able to be stimulated. You're saying nothing. So I ended up just, just, whatever, backing out of it. But it was so fascinating. A young lady who was a table away from me, she, after a while, she like, she leaned in and she was a white girl and she leaned in and said, are you okay? And I looked, at, and what'd she say that for? It set him off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But I ended up leaving. Like, let me just take my new books, my new friends and leave out of here. So anyway, I got some new books and there's that. And I could unpack some of the foolishness of what he was saying and maybe that'll come up, but. So that's one event from this week Another event from this week is um, My um, Organization As we know it The the job that I have is um, ending But the work isn't ending And that's a fascinating component Like Um the form of that organization is ending, but not the work. So, it's exciting to me, but it's a little confusing because that is going to interfere with some of my inner, my creative energy for some other work that I need to do. And so I, I would like to process that a little bit with you, like, What to do with that? um, Just to really interrogate this idea that my work is getting ready to take on in a different form for next year. I am the, I am, and I am leading that, and that's exciting. And then there's a part of me that's like, you really shouldn't be doing this. And I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who was trying to downplay it, and I'm just, I am so. Over people who are I don't know if it's unimaginative Or complacent Or fixed I'm not sure really Because I don't think this young lady is any of that Although I have talked to people this week Who are unimaginative, unimaginative, complacent and fixed I don't think this particular lady I spoke to yesterday I don't think she's that But there is some, there was some regulating happening. So as I was talking to her about the moving forward, she was like, you don't need to do that with them. You don't need to take and use your talents to do that with these people. You need to take your talents and go off on your own. And what was difficult about that is I already have a space in my world that's solo. I already have a solo part of my entrepreneurship. I'm not in search of any solo project. As a matter of fact, I got about five solo projects that are pulling on me. And I don't like it. If I were INTP, I'd be okay with it because I'd be like, oh, we're just going to play. We're going to dabble here in this solo project. We're going to dabble in that solo project. Just going to just dabble. And it's okay. Whatever I do, I do. Whatever I get done, I get done. But I'm not an INTP. I am an INTJ. I'm a closer. I'm a finisher. And damn it, being able to, having these ideas when they pop up, oh my gosh, they've got to, I've got to do something with it. I've got to either dismiss it or finish it. But there is no letting it linger and, and, and all of that. So, um, after my, uh, I'm gonna bounce around again a little bit with you all, so I hope you are here for it I'm gonna just bounce Hopefully I'll come back to giving a damn Because I hate when I start off and I don't even touch it again But anyway, I'm gonna bounce around So if if I don't get any plays on this reflection, I don't know why But anyway, um Last week, I after I did my reflection with you all, I think it was last Sunday, I was on a Zoom call with some new people talking MBTI. That's what I thought the call was about. It ended up being about something else. And then we ended up talking about it because I was like, yo, what are we doing? I thought this was about an MBTI, MBTI conversation. Okay, fine. But it ended up being interesting. So there was a guy on there who was an INTP and he was like you know, admiring INTJs. He did a couple of things in that call. It was a really interesting and it ended up being an interesting call. I don't want to give out a lot of details to it, but because you might listen to me, you you might be one of the participants in that call. But he um was just talking about INTPs don't have a need to close a project. Like they're they're okay with a lot of unfinished projects. And I'm like and so, there was a time in my history where I was, where I was like, I could read the description of an INTP, and I, I would go, "Yeah, I could see me that. I I relate to that. I relate to that. I relate to that." But I do not relate to having unfinished projects, not at all. Not at all. Now, are there projects that haven't been finished? I guess, but each project that I've ever put my hands on it. There is some kind of closure to it. Now, there's always more that you can do as an intuitive. There's always more I can do with a project, but I think this is what is unique to INTJs. There is always something more you can do with it, but do, is it necessary? Is it necessary? Like, did I did I do the thing? Did I hit the? Did I hit the objective? Now let's move on. Uh, yeah, man, I want to linger here on that one. Cause INTJs don't have to see a thing through its per- to its perfection. We do see it to its completion. And that completion is about impact. Did it do the damn thing? I'm just gonna call this episode damn because this word is gonna just come, keep coming up. Did it do the damn thing? Right, So I've done a number of projects where it did the damn thing. Could I go back and do more with it? Absolutely. Are there times I entertain that? Yeah. But just because I have an idea of something doesn't mean that that's my project. So I don't call a project. If I'm going to call it a project, I'm going to close it. That's a better way of saying it. Oh, that's a good distinction. An idea is not a project. So as an intuitive, I'm going to have a lot of ideas. An idea is not, an, it's not a project. Therefore, when an idea becomes a project, it becomes a project that then will become completed. Thank you very much. Anyway, I don't even know why I went in that rabbit hole. So yeah, so that was one thing that came out of that conversation. Then another thing that came out of that conversation I really wanted to process with you all was, and this has happened to me one other time, maybe two times. And you listening to me, you're probably going to go, mm hmm, I've been waiting for you to say this, Siri and I But he kept saying, Your energy is different from the, out of 10 INTJs that I've known, your energy is different. You just have different energy on you. So there, there was a time when someone said that to me. Maybe three, three years ago, and I wasn't. I was intrigued, and I. But at the time, I wasn't intrigued. Where I was like, I, where I leaned into it. I just said, well, I said, I'm. 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 You're getting the animated. There's a animated part of me. I would imagine that that's what you're picking up on. That's you know, I can. I know how to be animated. And there is a part of me when I'm in a new spaces where I have learned to do that as a way of navigating the newness of the space, I can become more animated. And so the person I said this to a few years ago was like, yeah, that could be it. So that's intriguing to me. So now I'm secure enough. I don't know if that I wasn't secure then, but I think I was just preoccupied. So when the dude said this to me last week, I was both I wasn't preoccupied and I was secure. I was like, "Well, what do you think it means?" These are people who studied MPTI. What do you think it means? So you think I'm not an INTJ? Let's play. Again, let's play. Dude. <laughs> and I'm not saying it to him cuz I don't think he was being entitled. I don't think that at all. Like the dude that walked up to me at the rest at the coffee shop. But I was like, "Let's play. What do you th- if you don't think him? If you're saying I'm coming across different, what do you think I am? Which what do you think I am? And each time I said that, he was like I said, I don't think he said he he wouldn't he wouldn't play. He wouldn't offer a different type. He would just go and say it, you it might be your training is your edu- your years of education and your your occupation. Which is which is what I think it is. And I also think it's the eight variant. That I'm a type 8. And I think it's. I want to say it's a stereotype. But if he says that he's met 10 INTJs. And I'm different from all of them. I would say that most INTJs are 5s. You might get some that are 1s. I'm an 8. And I'm a, when I flap my wings. Because I got that expression from this. Um, um, introvert off the internet. I don't know what it's. Type was, but I know he he called him an introverted. He was an introverted eight. Most people look at the type eight in the enneagram. We get a, that eight gets assumed to be extroverted, and so I was looking for some content one day about the introverted eight, and he came up. By the way, I have a YouTube response to him, so if you want to know who I'm talking about, go to my YouTube channel. I did a video response to him because it was really good. But anyway, in that. In his content content in the Enneagram he talks about flapping your wings because with each numbers you have each number in the enneagram any oh my goodness I'm struggling. Let's start over. In each number in the enneagram there were a lot of vowels in that. Each number in the Enneagram. if the um if the Enneagram is a circle, each number is um is uh, linked to a number on the side, which is called a wing. So, as an eight, I have a wing nine and I have a wing seven. Eight is in the in the middle of the numbers seven and nine. You guys get the point. Most of the time, I identify as the eight wing seven, but there there was a time I tested eight wing nine. Okay, but I like this dudes for saying, "You flap your wings." Right. Sometimes I'm gonna be eight seven. Sometimes I'm gonna be eight nine. This is what I love about the Enneagram. It's not as fixed as the Myers Briggs. The Myers Briggs, you have a type. That's it. That's it. And that's fine. But I love the Enneagram. And actually, oh my gosh, I'm all over the place in this reflection because I'm gonna tell you about a book that I, one of the books that I got. Which has influenced, it was about two books on the Enneagram, by the way. Two of the three books were about the Enneagram. So I must have this fascination, because I have only one book in my house for the Myers-Briggs. And Myers-Briggs is the type that, it's the theory that I lean into the most. Yet, I now have three, nope, I actually have four books. I don't know where one of them is. I didn't like this. The first book I ever got on the Enneagram, I didn't like it. But I didn't throw it away. I don't know where it's at maybe I could, maybe, maybe i lost it but anyway i have purchased four books now on the enneagram but because i'm apparently i'm spiraling in this conversation <laughs> so i don't know anyway just scaling back so eight wing 7 but even there are intj 7s out there and sevens are playful they don't like to deal with things that are serious um they kind of got this avoidant thing which I would love to talk. I have met one INTJ seven, um, and I've seen them on the internet. But I've only spoken with one INTJ seven, so I know it's a thing. But it's fascinating, and it continues to make me um, I'm very compelled to create a theory about the interworkings of these two systems: the Myers Briggs and the Enneagram. And I pretty much have it. I'm about 88% locked in. What I'm struggling with is how to present that to you all. There's a part of me, there's a significant part of me that wants to present this theory under my name and not under my alias, under my my primary identity that presents me as an academic um, and as a theorist, as a practitioner. That's really where I want to present my theory about the interworkings of Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram But I like that my work Under my primary name Has a particular brand A particular focus Once I start going into that space Talking about the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram I'm concerned that it's going to interrupt My brand There And all of this does connect to my Give a damn by the way So if you're still listening to me Bless you All right. but anyway, so the dude at the Zoom call Just was curious about My energy And I was like, yeah I think some of the variance is My occupation, I think some of the variance Is my um, My 8 Wing 7 So it goes to um You guys know That I have been following this new INTJ on YouTube, and his name is Something John, I can't think of his name, but I call him INTJ John. And um he did a, he did a, he did some, U- I listened to some YouTube content within a week and I really wanted to respond to him. I told him I was going to respond to it. It was so good. I've listened to it twice and I have not done a YouTube response to it, but he breaks, he Breaks all kinds of stereotypes around the INTJ. He just dispels all kinds of stereotypes. And basically his argument, and I just read something this morning about the INTJ. We can do anything we want to do. We can do anything we set our minds to. And then once we study a thing, we can. So if I go into an environment, and I know that most people are interacting, socializing, socializing a certain way, that I'm going to emulate that as best as I can. Now, I'm not going to probably, I'm never going to emulate an extrovert like an extrovert, but I can emulate extroversion. I'm going to lean into that extroverted thinking. If I have eight wing seven, I'm going to lean into that eight, seven, eight wing seven um, attribute, and I'm going to play. So I'll, this is the point. INTJs that we can really do whatever we want to do. So when people are like, I'm an INTJ, I can't do X, Y, and Z. But then then you're not an INTJ because we have an expansive toolbox and we're effective. We're going to go into that toolbox and we're going to do the damn thing. Now, we may not be perfect, but we're going to do it. We're going to do the damn thing. There's the word damn. So anyway, that was another event for this week. This is a Zoom call. Which was really interesting, but so that's the second thing. The coffee shop, the Zoom call, the ending of the organization, and my real desire to help that organization move forward. They ate in me, it's the 8 INTJ all day, every day. And I dare not, I don't think it's the INTJ 8. There's a lot of 8 driving. My desire for this organization to be reformatted. And, um, a lot of eight desire, a lot of eight energy on me. It's, and so there's, there's revenge. There's, uh, there's a, there's dominance. Um, there's justice. There's protection. And then there's INTJ impact, right? There's a delivery of something, there's a need of doing something, there's a problem that needs to be solved. But that the eight part is really influencing my the way I'm showing up about this format that is ending is a good thing. Y'all. A lot of people crying about it. I'm like, this is actually a good thing. Now let's really get to work. The problem is that You got a lot of people who are Risk adverse um, And this is an education based organization Most educators are risk adverse And they, they They're looking for security And y'all know Security is a big deal for me But justice and impact And effectiveness Are bigger issues for me Than security Um So so there's that. And so I have been really, and there is a give a damn to that. Now, in the midst of me saying that my give a damn might be busted or, um, that's why I don't really want to say my give a damn is busted. Cause that's not clearly, that's clearly not true. Because in this particular situation, I'm very, very, very driven to, to move this organization, these people into the next formation of their organization. I'm very driven for that. So there is a give a damn there. All right, let me bounce back to John. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. There's some other content I took in yesterday. YouTube. And I'm going to mention somebody I haven't mentioned in a while. See, I've been talking about the uh, the INTJ John, but let's go back to my first love, <laughs> the INTJ Academic. And um you guys know him as a Psych. I don't usually say his name, but because I've now responded to some of his content um, directly, then I just think I should give the brother, you know, to talk to him directly by his name. I like to call him the INTJ academic, but he is Chris or a Psych. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> so anyway, um, he was interviewed by another INTJ. I've never met him. His name is Solomon. And apparently he has a channel. And he's black now. I think I don't know where he falls in the diaspora of being black, but that's amazing. And I want to <laughs> somebody put in a comment section about um, uh, the INTJ academics hair type, and he and they called it type for hair. That's a comp typing the the texture of the hair is a conversation that happens in black circles. And so when I saw that black comment about the texture of his hair in this typology world, I was like, you know, like two of my worlds coming together. And so I was like, yes, I've noticed the texture of his hair. You don't see it when he cuts it low, but when he lets his hair grow, you see it. And then then I was like, oh, we have just objectified this man's hair. (laughs) But he's never talked about his ethnicity. So I always say you don't know if he's white But uh, he's white presenting um Or white passing If you will And that's another pot set of politics That really isn't my business to talk about But um I was just really excited When this young lady was like Can we talk about that type 4 hair he has I was so delighted by that comment Just because it was two worlds Coming together Two of my passion points coming together I'm like I know Anyway so uh Uh my, the INTJ academic, if you're listening to me and this is offensive to you, say it. Let's do it. And then I, let's confront it. Okay. I don't mean to be offensive, but if it is offensive, let's confront it and then move on. Um, but yeah, so he was, the, um, INTJ academic was being, um, interviewed, um, by this guy, um, INTJ, um, his name is Solomon. And um, it was really good content. And I have since recorded a YouTube response. And now I want to delete it. I may upload it. It was just all over. It was just like, I was just going through like a lot of comments. that A lot of points they made. I was like, oh, and they said this. And here's my opinion about that. And, you know, and so it was yeah, it's live, if you ask me. But it's recorded. I might as well just share it with you all. Okay, I may do that. Okay, but anyway, in this conversation, they—I think it was the INTJ academic—I think he made this point about the inferior SE, so good, such a good point, and he was saying when this, when that function matures, it's tethered. Well, I don't know if it's tethered to the NI, and so it is going to mature. And that's not him. I'm getting my, see, now I cannot delete this recording. That's not it. I can't edit it. Okay, I'm getting these two men. It just just hit me. The INTJ academic, they did talk about inferior SE when it matures. And when it matures, it differentiates uh, a, a younger INTJ to an older INTJ. They did do that. The problem with that conversation is that they limited being older to 30s. <laughs> I'm like, yo, yo, I'm 52. Can you not exclude me from the damn conversation? Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, it was funny because every time they were talking about younger and older, they would just center in this 30, in like 30s. I'm like, gope, what does that say about me? But anyway. But the point that I want to make about the SE, it was really from I the INTJ John, and he says that when that INTJ, when that INTJ matures in that SE function, that's when they're able to move about in these other spaces and do a number, and just be engaged in a number of spaces. You still do things with the TE, but the SE maturity allows you to be in different contexts. Um. And effective in different contexts. I thought that was a really good point. For me, as an uh, inferior SE, one of the things I'm coming to terms with is my give a damn is connected to the SE. Uh, I don't even know if you guys are listening to me. I am literally all over the place this morning. This isn't, there's an energy on me. I can hear it. Can you hear it? I can hear it. I've been eating more candy lately. By the way, if my sister and I got this ridiculous joke, but I'm eating more candy because I'm not indulging in my adult beverages, so I got a big thing of gummies um and not 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 medicinal gum and gummies i'm not I'm not talking about any kind of ums i don't even know what the word you call it but That came up this week, by the way. The person that's in my family that's really struggling, um, they've been diagnosed with cancer, took some gummies and had a reaction to the gummies. And I had to jump out of the bed at 1 in the morning, or maybe 12. but I didn't get back to bed until 2 had to jump out of the bed and go get this individual because this individual was having a reaction to those gummies and they had to call the paramedics and didn't didn't want to tell the paramedics that the individual had consumed the gummies so in our state you can you can buy these um I don't even know this, this is not my world CBD So I guess in marijuana, there are two ingredients. TCH and CBD, I'm not sure. If you're listening to me and you know what this is about, please correct me because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Here's what I do know, or this is what I've been told, that in marijuana, there are two types of ingredients. And I know that they have these dispensaries in my state because marijuana has not been legalized. And you can go to a dispensary and get some stuff, CBD stuff that, excuse me, where it takes out the part that's illegal. Anyway, so that's what I thought she took. But then when I read the package, I'm like, I need to do some research because I don't know what the, I don't know. Anyway, I had to get up out of my bed in the middle of the night to go get this individual because they were having a reaction. You guys... If that individual heard me say this on this podcast, ah, that individual will be so upset. And I know last week I told you I'm getting close to telling you who that individual is. And I am. I am. I am. I'm getting better, but still not ready to do it. But I know it's coming. I'm going to try to hold on as long as I possibly can, though. But anyway, I'm not taking those kind of gummies. (laughs) These are like uh jolly rancher gummies, and so I've been chewing on them a lot, and they give me sugar, and then, can you hear it? The energy is on me, so I'm like looping like, oh, and another thing, let's talk about this, let's talk about that, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys okay, let's get back let's let's get focused. my give a damn so. But I do think the S-E is connected to my give a damn or my give a damn is connected to my S-E because my N-I is connected to my S-E. Think about it. The N-I-S-E is on an axis. The N-I is a head. The the S-E is the tail. And by the way, I'm trusting you know what the heck I'm talking about when I say N-I-S-E-T-E, right? This is a (laughs) M-I. I don't even do that disclaimer anymore. I used to do the disclaimer. Hey, if you don't know Myers-Briggs, you better go and do your own homework because I'm not getting ready to explain it to you. Um, but it is NI, introverted intuition. SE is extroverted sensing. And that's when I, they are uh, those are two cognitive functions that share an axis. They are actually linked together. Oftentimes when we talk about NI, we don't talk about SE, but they are connected. The SE feeds, the SE pulls in the data the sensory data, the NI is now organizing it into patterns and making meaning of it. I think those are the two things that I would say about NI. Although there are people who argue that the NI does not organize it. The NI doesn't organize. The NI pulls in the data. And I don't know if I agree with that. I think the SE pulls it in or the SE is experiencing the data SE has, is experiencing the sensory data. And so the NI makes meaning of it, making meaning of it, organizing it. Maybe the NI brings it in further into consciousness or deep into consciousness and unconsciousness. I'm not sure, but that SE is what bring, is what captures the data, the sim, uh, sensory data. Then the NI goes and makes other kind of. Meaning of it, and actually makes new data. It makes new data. It makes speculative data. It, it creates speculative uh, data, linkages, patterns, and that becomes additional data. It's in, so anyway, I think the NI organizes, um and then it, it organizes, it establishes patterns, and it makes meaning. It adds meaning to it. That's what I think. Anyway. So my, I'm finding, I'm thinking as I was listening to the um, INTJ John and maybe the INTJ academic with his new, fr- with the new guy Solomon, maybe the NI, um, not maybe, I've said this before. I've said this before, about a year or two ago, I said, all NI is not equal. I think I said it recently all introverted intuition is not equal because as we have different se experiences so going back to me being in a practitioner me showing up as a very different kind of INTJ yeah i am going to show up like a different INTJ because i have a different sensory reality and my sensory reality is i'm a Trained and practicing educator and social scientist, I have literally been practicing for about 30 years almost in leadership. That's given me a different set of skills, a different set of knowledge sets, different types of experiences, different types of um, values um, in terms of how I'm going to show up in the world and what problems I'm going to try to solve, and all of that. And so I just think the NISEX is, is important. And over the past few years, I've just been really, just really compelled by what dominates my thinking in terms of problem solving. So I'm an INTJ. I am a problem solver, true and true. That is something that just will never be taken from me. And I'm an unconventional problem solver. So I'm not going to solve a thing the way other people will. So, which this is, this is partially my dilemma in terms of working in industry as a leader. I'm really, I'm, you guys, I got on this, re, this reflect, I might have to do another, Um, I might have to do another reflection because there are some things I really did want to share about like leadership. Because I talk about, I just said, you know. I've, I've really been challenged by this notion of, can I do a job and not be the leader? It's very difficult. It's very difficult for me to be in a job and I'm not the leader. You guys have witnessed this. This is something you've been able to see. If you, you go back, this project is almost three years old. Fine. What I'm realizing now, which I knew it, which I knew it, I intuited. it it. But now I have SE experience to verify it. I, and I knew this, and now it's SE verified. I, I intuited years ago, years ago when I, I came into leadership by way of entrepreneurship, by the way, my leadership as a educator, social scientist was by way of my entrepreneurship. Once I stopped doing that and I had to go back into the world of work, I didn't want to go in as a leader because I was like, what are you going to do? You're you're going to go in there and have to be the leader of someone else's vision. You're going to be a middle manager. That's not a real leadership position. So I avoided those leadership positions. I took myself back to the classroom. I love teaching, fine. Well, what I realized is when I went back into the classroom, it was very difficult for me to have some, a a quote unquote leader come into my classroom and tell me how I'm supposed to teach. That's just not going to happen. So what I was doing then was battling leadership. Okay. The universe has put me in a situation over the last year and a half where I'm now back in leadership, but I'm not really, I'm not back in entrepreneurial leadership. I'm in what I'm going to call industry leadership. I'm a leader in the, that's not, that's not, I don't want to call it industry. I'm in employment-based leadership. I'm in employment-based leadership, which is different from entrepreneurial leadership. And in my opinion, it's not real leadership. Because in employment based leadership, I have to lead based on what somebody else has told me is the desired solution, the desired destination. And I'm leading other people to the destination that somebody else sees. That doesn't make sense to me. And I knew this from the get go, which is why I didn't want to go, when I came back into employment, I didn't want to do leadership. Because I knew I was not going to be able to lead someone and lead people based on someone else's solution, but when I was in the classroom, I was just losing my mind dealing with these quasi leaders, so i'm so the universe has put me in a situation where I really didn't aggressively apply for a leadership position well since i I got put into it. So I got plopped out of a position and put into a leadership position. And when I did, when that happened, I realized, oh, you have a set of skills that are not able to be active when you're not in a leadership position. So whether or not you're in an entrepreneurial leadership position or an employment based leadership position, you have a set of skills that you suffer if you don't use them. So if you listen to me, at the end of last year, I was just like, the executive leadership, I got to do it, right? That's the kind of leadership I really need to be doing. That is that is the truth. I really need to be doing executive-based leadership. The dilemma is, my give a damn, I swear to goodness, this is going to all come together, I don't know how it's going to come together, but it's going to come together. My give a damn. I'm confused. I'm confused by my give a damn. How do I explain this? Hold on. Okay, I, I had to hit the pause button because I'm like, this is a little confusing for me, but this is something that and I'm going to, I have a list in front of me. Of randomness I'm going to when I close I hope I can go through this list to see if I've at least scratched the surface of there are 10 things on that list I never read it to you because I really wasn't tied to the to the list but I'm now curious to see in all of this spiraling and jumping around that I've been doing have I hit the how many of the things on that list have I hit anyway this is, a, this is what I'm struggling with And this does connect to the give a damn. So here are a couple of things that are a fact that I think are true for me. I do 100% believe that there is a difference between employment-based leadership and entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial-based leadership. I definitely believe there's a difference. There's a difference with me, at least. So that's one thing I believe is true. The second thing I believe is true is Whether I'm in entrepreneurship or employment-based leadership, there are a set of skills that I have that I must must have a relationship with when I'm working. (sighs) Because if I don't use those skills, if I don't use those leadership skills, I will suffer in them. They, they will suffer. I will suffer them. So do, do you understand? that? I feel like this is a contradiction. Eh, maybe it's not a contradiction. But it's a paradox. It's a paradox. Because I suffer if I don't use these leadership skills. But I'm suffering if I'm not. If I'm now leading and I'm not the executive leader. I'm suffering either way. I suffer if I don't use the leadership skills and I suffer if I have to use those damn leadership skills for something that doesn't make sense for somebody else's vision, somebody else's solution. Either way, I'm suffering. So the easy solution, the obvious solution is not easy. The obvious solution, you would say to me, you're anti-dom, get off your ass and do this damn thing and go back to executive leadership. And that makes sense to me. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm struggling with that. But I am. Or am I? So I said at the end of last year, at the end of season five, go and check out those episodes. I did one called The Executive Leader. I think I called it The Executive. Then I did one called The Totem. Totem Living, I think I did one. I did one on passion and oh, I'm saying the same things on repeat. Out loud. With witnesses. What the hell is the problem? Okay. I know the. It's my give a damn. <laughs> my give a damn. Is not about, I don't know. A part of me wants to say, "My like, give a damn, it's not about leadership. I don't know if that's true. You guys, I don't know. You are really, this is so, you're kidding. Oh my gosh. This is a very real dilemma. Because I'm sick of having this conversation with myself. And I'm especially sick of having it out loud in front of you. And that's what makes it difficult to hit the record button because it's like, I don't wanna keep I don't wanna keep saying the same thing. I need to INTJ my way out of this dilemma. And sometimes it just takes us a minute. So here's okay, let me just jump and I think I'll start trying to close. Because I think I've gunned. It's 53 minutes, it's 55 minutes in and I finally got into the pocket of of what the problem is of this particular give a damn reflection. Let me bounce. I'm going to jump a little bit. One thing that has hit me this weekend. So as I've been thinking about helping my organization move and I have a give a damn about that. There's a clear give a damn about it. Okay. Okay. And what I like about that give a damn is that it connects to a number of things that are important to me. Um, there's INTJ strategy in there. There's eight all of it. Like, there's so much eight. Revenge and dominance and FUs. And we could do this better. We should be doing it better. And the, and, and honestly, I've been saying that when I, since I got to the organization. Starting in October, I told I told my colleagues, I said, "You guys should not be in this structure. This is not the right format for you this work." But they were so risk-averse and so comfortable that they couldn't hear it. So the universe is just shook. It sh- now it's um, they shouldn't. Sh- sh- how do you say it? The universe shook things up a bit, and now that form is no longer that container is no longer available to them. And now they have, they're having an existential moment what are we going to do? And I don't feel like doing that with you. So now we have this big meeting on Wednesday where they all want to get together and grieve. I am so annoyed by this idea of coming together to grieve. What the hell? Let's come together and take action. Why the hell do we all need to come together? Because we work remotely. Why do we all have to come together and spend a day of grieving? I don't want to do that. And then they were like, and the leaders should lead and facilitate the grieving process. I am so annoyed by that. I can't even tell you. And I'm now being an ineffective leader because a lot of my staff, they've been reaching out to me like, hey, can we talk? (laughs) I probably should. I'm like, what about it's, this is rude it is rude because I'm like I'm like can, can you tell me what about what do you want to talk about can you just tell me what it is because any other time I'm like sure and I just get on there and I connect with you and you know I can play. I can do that for a period of time I can't do that right now I can't I can't because there's this entitlement there's that that your your Feelings should dominate my work. I am not here for your feelings. I will take care of your feelings as much as I need to. But ultimately, I'm here to impact the lives of children. And now your feelings are occupying my workload. And I can't focus on kids. I kind of focus on your adult feelings. And I don't like it. And I don't like it, especially as an INTJ-8. But I don't think it's right. It feels is it immoral amoral immoral it feels immoral to me I think it's not the right word but anyway it doesn't feel right I don't want to do it but so I'm on the fence I don't know I don't really even know I'm like do I take a vacation day then I'm like that's going to be a bad leader if I don't because they're going to do it because I I was outvoted and that's a I got to be a team player the other leaders, the other administrators decided that they were gonna do this meeting, this one day, where everybody's gonna to come together and grieve. So I had so we're basically we we've we've structured the day, so we've structured another day. We put another day on the calendar for them to grieve. So that when we get together, we're not really grieving, but I already know what's gonna happen. Mark my words. That's gonna be a full day of feeling it's going to be a feeling and i'm going to curse um so i'm going to say a heavy hitting word so if you're seriously you got a kid around you just take you do your job as a parent or a caregiver or whatever but i know that that's going to be a full day of feeling fuck fest a feeling fuck fest day i already know it Ugh. and so the part of me that as a leader, I feel like I'm responsible. I feel like I should be there. Then there's another part of me that says there are two other leaders that are there. Let them do it. They have F.E. They are F.E. driven. I am not. I'm not going to give those people what they want. I'm going to be like, yo, let's let's go into action. That's what I want to do. And I was told that that's harmful for them to talk about taking action when they need to grieve. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I get it on one hand. I actually do get it. That's your reality. You need to grieve, but it's not my reality. And I don't feel like it's my leadership. I don't get into leadership for this. Anyway, you guys, I just went into a rabbit hole because that is just annoying to me. Can you hear it? It's annoying, but anyway. Oh my God. I don't even know where I want to get back to. So I don't, I think I was just talking about like, I'm driven to move forward and that is exciting to me to do that work. That's got INTJness ness in it. It's got 8 in it. I'm excited about that. So there is um, a give a damn there. But I also am doing some other give a damn things that I don't talk about. My writing is a give, give a damn project. I write you all. So, because I went to the bookstore this week. Believe it or not, all of this is coming together in this really crazy way. But anyway, I went to the bookstore this week. I told you that already I bought two books. Two of those books were about the Enneagram. One of the Enneagram books was really a, I bought it not because it was about the Enneagram. I bought it because it was a collection of poetry and essays, poems and essays. And the way this person gave context to the poems. they used the Enneagram to give context to the poems and the essays. So I'm looking at this book and I'm like, dude, I could do this. And not because I have all these poems and essays that I haven't published because I don't publish my poems. I publish my academic writings. I don't publish. And then five years ago, I started publishing personal essays, but they still have an academic undertone. But I, have, I don't really publish, publish my poetry because I write poems when I'm crying. Poems have always been a way for me to grieve. So my poems have always been deeply, deeply sad deeply sad. Like, what are you going to publish those for? But a few years ago, somebody told me that I should publish them because there are people who need that, right? Some people need to read it like I needed to write it. It was a really good advice. So I do want to publish these poems. So I'm looking at this Enneagram book, where it's all a collection of poetry and essays. I'm like, oh, well, I never would have thought I would have put my poems in the In the context of the Enneagram, I would think I would put it in the context of the Myers-Briggs. But either way, it's a fascinating idea. I bought the book. So the book has just been like a model, a template for me. I'm not going to duplicate the book, but it's just been like, huh. So anyway, what I've been doing over the past few days is I've been um, uh, putting all of my titles in a spreadsheet. So I started this before. But anyway. I'm not going to go down there. I'm not going to go into a rabbit hole of how I've compiled all my essays. But the last few days, I've taken all of my writings and not my academic pieces. So that's another piece. I didn't add those. I added all of my essays and my poems. All of my essays and my poems. Not my articles, but my essays and my poems. And I put them in the spreadsheet. I have 216 pieces, y'all. 216 pieces that are sitting on the hard drive. Doing what? Collecting dust. Maybe 25% of those pieces have been published on a blog. But they're still on a blog somewhere. They still could be published in a book. So that's what I want to do. Right? Okay. But let's take that aside. Take aside the publishing piece of it. I write. I write so much I don't even think about it. So that means I give a damn. I give a damn about writing. Now, I don't think about it as writing. I think about it as expression. I give a damn about getting stuff out of my head, right? I have to analyze. I give a damn about analyzing. So I analyze through my writing. And in the last three years, I started podcasting. Well, really, in the last five years, I've started podcasting. And then I analyze by way of podcasting. Podcast number one. Under my primary name, and then podcast podcast number two, where I'm here as your ni Down. It's an, it's analyzing my feelings and my thinking. All right, so there's a give a damn about analysis. So I can't say I don't. I can't say my give a damn is busted. I can't say that. That's a song. If I didn't tell you that. That give a damn bus is based on a song. I really wanted to give you the lyrics, but <sighs> I, damn, I do need to start closing. But the song, let me give you a little bit of the song. Let's hold on a second. The chorus is: I'm not going to re- give you the whole song right now, but the chorus is: I really want to care. I want to feel something. Let me dig a little deeper. Nah, sorry, nothing. So she's just going through the song, talking about. Um, this person is, I guess, pleading with her, uh, to take, take them back. And she's, and they're giving her this sad story about why she should care. And she's like, nah, I'm trying, I'm trying to care. I don't have it. You know, you kind of burned that out. And I think about that, about, I think about that in, in terms of things I've cared about in the past. So there are things I've really cared about in the past. I'm like, nah, I don't really care. I don't care. So that's what makes me want to say my give a damn is busted, but it's not because like I said, hear about this work situation. I got to, I got to give a damn on that. You look at my writings and my expression, my analysis. So let's just say my writing, I have a give a damn on that. And then let's talk about podcasting. So my podcast, number one, I don't do a lot with just because it's scripted and and I don't yet know how to it's, it's scripted and I like that because there's an academic tone to it that, um, I want to preserve. I like the academic tone to it and that is, I script it out. Now, do I have to write it word for word? No, but it is more scripted. Um, Then I don't script this project out. And then I like what I do with this project. I like the freestyling nature of it, even though I'm all over the place and I have about five people who listen. I got a little bit more than five people, but my podcast, number one, I have a nice following, a respectable following. It puts me in the above. I mean, not now because I haven't been producing there but I was in the above average podcasting. There's a mark, there's a number that you have to hit to be considered like most podcasts fall underneath this number of views. My my episodes were above that. Now, I'm never gonna be like a top tier podcaster, but it's a typical podcast. My podcast, number one, puts me in the above average range. I like that. I mean, even though yeah, but I like, but I like what I'm doing here with you all. Even though I'm at the bottom, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just. That's fine. But I like, that. even if I only have 5, 10, 15, 20 people who like the, me, the way I meander through a topic, right? I'm imagining that's why you come back, that you like the way I meander. Maybe you like the way I'm, I'm interdisciplinary. Maybe you like the way I apply the application of Myers-Briggs. Or maybe you like the way I go back and forth between Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Maybe you're just here for the drama of my life, right? <laughs> maybe you're here because you are a leader too and you are just listening to my me process leadership right so but those are different reasons for coming to this project and because there are different reasons it's not a single niche 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 whatever i don't i don't i don't attempt to grow this project like that in terms of followership but i give a damn about it i care about this project i care about you Right, So there's a give a day and there's analysis. There's a different type of uh, analysis. I'm more or less analyzing my feelings, but there are lately I've been, but there are, when I started this project, I was really, really analyzing my abstract thoughts. That's really where I want to get back to, but I'm going through some intensity with all of these people passing in my life and the job shifting that there's just a lot of feelings that I'm having. And I don't like it. So I have to then analyze it. And that's what you've been getting. Okay. But I would prefer to just analyze this abstraction. These abstract thoughts. Like I got this abstract thought that's been popping up about reality. What is considered real and what isn't real. And it's I want to spend some time in that. But anyway. So there's clearly a give a damn that I have. Clearly. My my give a damn is busted about some things that I gave a damn about years ago. Okay. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. I think I got it. So let's talk about security and making money. I don't really want my give a damn into, I don't want my give a damn intertangled, intertangled. I'm just I just combined two words intertwined with entangled. I said intertangled. Oh my goodness. I don't want my give a damn and my money maker interwoven. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. And I keep waiting. I keep waiting. For me to give a damn about making money in a way that connects to the things that I give a damn about. Does that make sense? The things that I give a damn about, I don't really have a desire to make money based on those things. Because I feel like the moment I attach revenue to it, it's going to change my relationship to the thing that I'm giving a damn about. And I don't want my relationship to that thing to change. I just don't. I am not interested in capitalism like that. I'm not interested in supply and demand marketing. I'm not. I understand it. I respect it. But that's not where my give a damn is. So, But the things I do give a damn about does not have a financial component attached to it. And I thought about setting up like a Patreon account. So, but I just don't want to do it. Will I have to do that someday? Maybe. But honestly, I don't want to do it. I can feel weepy right now. Emotionally, I don't want to do it. I do not want to attach a dollar amount to something that I'm caring about. It's my relationship to money. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with me, you guys. I'm broken. I live in the United States of America, and I don't have a relationship with money like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually give my location, but you guys know I live in the United States, right? <laughs> and I should care about money. I don't. But I do care about survival. Do you see this? I do care about survival. And because survival is connected to money, then I'm going to care about money for my survival. But I do not care about money for my other projects. So I can hear contradiction all up in this. Let me try to clean it up and then I think I can close. Because I really feel like I've gotten to where I needed to go. I needed it. Okay, let's try to clean this up. Because I feel like there's a contradiction. On one hand, I'm saying I don't care about money. That's not true. I care about money as it relates to my survival. But I don't care about money as it relates to my other, my give a damn. Well, here's the contradiction. But I do give a damn about survival. Right? Do you see what I'm saying here? I give a, So when I say survival, I'm talking about self-preservation, security, I do give a damn about that. And where I give a damn about self-preservation, I give a damn about the money. That I don't have a problem with that. Self-preservation and money, give a damn, got it, good. Let's go on the other side. Writing, podcasting, leading, moving people. Leadership, there it is, whether it's thought leadership, people leadership, systems leadership, organizational leadership, all of that's leadership. I don't have a give a damn about money there. You guys, this is so good. I just figured it out. I don't have a give it. That's the problem. I don't have a give a damn when it comes to my leadership about well, money. Money and leadership. My God, that's so good. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Oh, this is so good, though. This is it. That's the problem. I do not care about inter, inter- interconnecting, interconnecting. Am I making up? A- Intertwining money and leadership. But when we go so. You guys don't see me, but because on the leadership side, I'm using my left hand, and I think that's symbolic. And then on the um, survival side, I'm using my right hand, symbolic. I'm going to have to go look up the symbolism of right and left to see if there's a reason why I chose my right hand and my left hand as those designations. But on the right side, I'm waving my hand saying, I give a damn about security and money. On the left side, I'm like, I don't give a damn about leadership and money. So, what's fascinating is that when I in the give it on the right side, on the give a damn about self-preservation and money, I can't make that money without doing leadership. Do you guys understand the dilemma? I can that's what I'm saying. I do care about the money and self-preservation, but I cannot work outside of leadership skills. So then that takes me back to the leadership side, but I don't want to enter. I don't want to connect money over there. There's got to be a way to bring those two together. And to a point where I'm like, when I bring, when I find the solution, because I feel like I do have a couple of ideas that are solutions, but they don't bring in the money right away. And this is where I've been. And I I promise I'm closing here. This is where I have been spiraling probably for three years. Because there is something that would bring in the leadership, the give a damn and the money, but it's going to take a minute. So then do it. All right. But while I'm but but I have to I have to survive. I gotta have those that big bundle of toilet paper, I gotta pay my my I'm renting right now and I gotta eat. I gotta take care of my dogs, you know. So in the meantime I have to work and then that work since that working it just puts me in a spiral. So one of the things I wanted to do, you guys know I wanted to buy a house and I end up having, a, I'm going to have to buy a car first. Like, can you buy a house and a car in a three month period? I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if the banks will be kind to me to do that. But I might have to try. Um, Because I think if I wasn't paying so much, If I wasn't paying so much for rent, then I wouldn't have to make I wouldn't have to work so much for money. And then I could do the other work for long term for the work the money that I can make in the future. So I can go back to parking money again, which I, I don't want to. That's what I need to do. I need to get back to a space where I park money in my head so that I can work on the leadership and give a damn. But I was, I was, I really financially struggled so much that it left, it, it, it just left a wound in me. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be there. So I know people don't like when you talk about money. Um, I know it's not, it's not, it's not in good taste, but I think that that's at the heart of it. That's what's at the heart of the give a damn. It's money. And even though I think it's leadership, it's, it's money. It's money and leadership, really. That's at the heart of the give a damn. And I don't know, but at least one thing we know about this reflection, it now lives, right? It is recorded. It lives. I will come back and I will listen to it and I will have clarity. So even though I don't have like a resounding solution or resolution at the end of this call, I think it will set me up. And I, and, and you just, I just will be on repeat until it, until, until the mastermind in me is, comes forth. And this is capital N, this is a capital M masterminding dilemma. (laughs) It really is. This is, this is, this is for the, um, this is for the big league. So this is not your, this is not your grandma's masterminding. This is big stuff here. So. I have to put on my big girl pants. And do the damn thing. So you guys just watch this space. Okay. I'm going to be on repeat until I get it worked out. Bear with me. But. I don't think I have a choice. I don't think I have a choice. The problem solver in me will not be satisfied until this is solved. So. Watch this space. You guys if this reflection has had any value for you. Please give it a heart. If this long-form conversation about leadership, money, uh, typology. Um, I didn't talk about that person. I did say that the person I got, oh, I talked about the gummies, the mirror. <laughs> I talked about drugs. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh my gosh. But I didn't talk about, there was a breakthrough. There was a really a breakthrough in my family about this person and my relationship. About just how this person moves about. And the ripples about how this person moves about and how it impacts me. Um It was felt so really, really good. It felt I needed that. And basically, and it's all about trauma. How we are operating in trauma. And this person has a right to go through the trauma just like I've gone through the trauma my own way. This person goes through the trauma their way. And then the way we both are overlapping and how we're managing that trauma is unique to our relationship. And now I'm a caregiver and that relationship is impacted by the trauma. And so it was just a really nice breakthrough that I had this week. I wanted to share that with you all, but I don't have time. But just know that that happened. So we talked about, um, so you can add that to the list of what was discussed in this reflection, just the trauma and the, the care, but you know, really, it was a really sidebar about gummies. <laughs> so anyway, there's that, um, yeah, so if any of this reflection and in, in conversation uh, relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. And if my moving about has caused some randomness in you, I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Twitter, Your NI Dom 1. Go check out articles there. And um, yeah, I'm excited when I'm reading and I share out. I love it. I love, I love sharing out what I'm reading. And so it's really exciting to do that. Um, so go to Your NI Dom 1 for Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Dom and that's true because I have some, I do have that audio that I responded to those two men, those two INTJs, talking about the application of um, MBTI. It's not the best piece of content that I'm going to upload, but is this the best piece of content? So go check that out as well. So let me give you your assignment. I think I'm going to close by giving you the full lyrics of the song. Now that I have worked through my problems, let me give you something to think about for you. Um, So the song is entitled, My Give a Damn's Busted. Well you filled up my head with so many lines, twisted my heart till something snapped inside. I'd like to give it one more try, but my give a damn's busted. You can crawl back home, say you were wrong, stand out in the yard and cry all night long. go ahead and water the lawn. My give a damn's busted. I really want to care, I really want to feel something let me dig a little deeper. No, sorry, nothing. You can say you've got you can say you've got issues, you can say that you're a victim. It's all your parents fault. I mean after all you didn't pick them. Maybe somebody else has got time to listen. My damn, dang it, my give a damn's busted. Well, your therapist says it was all a mistake, a product of the Prozac and your codependent ways. So who's your enabler these days? My give a damn's busted. I really want to care. I want to feel something. Let me dig a little deeper. No, still nothing. It's a desperate situation. No No telling what you'll do. If I don't forgive you, You say your life is through. Come on, give me something I can use. My give a damn's busted. Um, So it's a really nice song, like I said before, where somebody is making a case about like, why should you take me back? And this lady is like, no, no, I just don't really care. (laughs) I just don't care. So I want to have you, I want to close by having you think about what is your give a damn? What is your give a damn? And, it would be really fascinating for you to think about when your give a damn was busted and when it's not because that's what my reflection has been about today the place where I do give a damn and the place where I don't give a damn and it was interwoven and it's just been uh, that's been tough and so I, I needed this I needed this breakthrough and I want, I want you to have a breakthrough if this, if it, if it would benefit you. Think about a time when you had the, the swirl of giving a damn and not giving a damn. The inter, the, the entanglement. Of giving a damn and not giving a damn. So think about it. I don't know what I want you to do with it. I just would be fascinated for you to be able to identify something in your life where you are confronting, I care, but I don't care. And what do you do? Do you lean more on the left or do you lean more on the right? Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm sorry. This is long and windy, but I'm really happy. (laughs) It's not the candy. It's not the sugar in me. I'm genuinely happy. This was a good reflection. I needed it. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.